At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz, the final hour of the program here. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. I'm live in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. My partner, James, comes to us via Denver, Colorado. And boy, what a finish to that contest. Everything that the wild card weekend was not, the divisional round was. Boy, four very exciting football games and maybe capped off by the most exciting one of all with the Chiefs beating the Buffalo Bills in overtime, 42-36. to 36. We have a guest. We want to talk to him about all the games coming up, specifically his Cincinnati Bengals, and that is Richard Skinner. He's a sports columnist, editor, and anchor at WKRC-TV in Cincinnati. You can follow him on Twitter at Local12Skinny. And, Richard, thank you so much for joining the program. Boy, what a ball game we just witnessed there between two high-flying offenses in the Buffalo Bills and the the Kansas City Chiefs. Are your Bengals going to be able to uh, throttle that offense down a little bit next week? It's a legit question. They did it in the second half the last time. It's funny. I, I actually put up like a six-paragraph story on who they're going to play, right? It, you know, people want to know, and those that are not paying attention, you just want to put it up on the website. I rewrote that darn thing five times in the last 15 <laughs> minutes of real time, it feels like. It was it was crazy. It wasn't even like I had to – I don't even call it writing. It was just putting together the right pieces, right? I mean, it was a crazy, crazy finish. I will say that the last time the teams played, um, the, the Chiefs were really unstoppable in the first half. And then the Bengals really controlled things with their offense in the second half. And Pat Mahomes only had three possessions in the second half, and, and they punted on two of those and had a field goal on the other. You know, they did a really good job with Tyreek Hill. He didn't do a whole lot. He had six catches for 40. Uh, Travis Kelsey had five catches for 25. Can they replicate that? I don't know, but they seem to have a pretty good plan in place of what they want to do. Now, the Chiefs did run it well on them, and the Bengals have been pretty good against the run all year. They pretty much committed to stopping Hill and, and, uh, and Kelsey. And this time around, uh, we'll see what they do because, like I said, Kansas City, we'll see if they're patient enough to keep running the football because they had a lot of success doing it the first time around. Richard, so thinking about the Bengals, where they're at, and very young football team, young coaching staff for that matter, but we know it all starts with Joe Burrow, and for me, I'm so impressed with the the mental toughness that we see. We know he's a physically tough kid, but the mental toughness, especially coming back from a game like that, where you saw it throughout the entirety of the, of the four quarters against Tennessee, just the beating that he was taking, the amount of hits, the amount of sacks, maybe some of those were on him to probably should 
have got got rid of the ball a little sure. sooner and not eating the ball and eating those sacks. But tell me where the mindset is right now with this team, the mental toughness of this team for the Cincinnati Bengals and their leader, Joe Burrow, rolling into the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I asked C.J. Uzama. We talked to him today. We, had, we did a handful of Zoom interviews with players and, and, and Zach Taylor. And I asked C.J. about how was he in the huddle? I mean, you know, some quarterbacks are going through that, right, and they're – in their offensive lineman's face, and rightfully so. And they're saying certain things. And I said, how was he? And he said, same old guy. He just, he got hit, he got up, he came back to the huddle, he called the play. He said, let's get it done and execute. And, and I don't think that's that's a false statement. I, it, 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 you know, just watching it raw, I, I think that's kind of how he was. Of Listen, my line's not protecting me well, but if I point my finger at them, you know, things might get worse. So I'm just going to keep getting up, going back to the huddle, calling the play, and go try to execute the play. And when they did give him good protection, there were times they did. There weren't a lot of times they did, but there were times they did. He was really good. That offense was really good. But um, they've got to clean some things up because I think the road, the fact of how good that Tennessee defensive front was, you, you mentioned and Joe took, took two or three sacks on his own that he needed to throw the ball away. So, you know, you, you take that from nine sacks to six, it's not great, but it's not record-setting if he doesn't take the sacks. Um, uh, there's a lot of things to clean up there for sure. But, yeah, mentally he's just – he is a really – tough mental guy. I mean, he is now, if you go back to the, the, the four must win NFL games for him this year, which was Baltimore at home, Kansas city to clinch the AFC North in the last two playoff games. And then four must win college games. Um, he's thrown one interception and 29 touchdowns and he's won all eight. He's eight. No, in those must win games. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that's what he is. You get him to a must win game. He's got the confidence to get it done. Richard, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, This was probably really, for all intents and purposes, the AFC Championship game. Many people think these are the two very best teams in the NFL. And you wonder if there is going to be a letdown for either one of these teams that was going to advance to the true AFC championship. Now the Buffalo bills, I kind of felt might be more of a victim or susceptible to that because they kind of slayed their dragon. Finally in the Kansas city chiefs that didn't come to fruition. The Kansas city chiefs advance. They will take on the Bengals, but do you think there's any possible letdown for Kansas city? Now it's hard to say you're going to let down when you're playing an AFC championship game, but again, they may have, they may feel that they just got past their biggest nemesis in the Buffalo bills as well. Yeah, I, I, that's a fair thing to say because you're right. I mean, are you really going to have a letdown in an AFC championship game? Yeah, that stuff is real, except for the fact that it's been really recent. You know, it'll be about um, you know, less than a month, January 2nd, when they played in Cincinnati, and the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31. So you can't imagine that that didn't snap Kansas City to attention. And oh, by the way, since the calendar turned to November 1st, that's the lone loss Kansas City has had. And, and that's where I go back to it. It would be one thing if, if the Bengals and Kansas city hadn't played this year and you go, Oh, here's these cute little guys that came from four wins and six wins in two years. And, Oh, that's nice. And they'll come to our place and we can pat them on the head. Well, you went to their place and they beat you. And I think if anything, that would snap Kansas city to attention. And I think you're right. The fact that they've been there before and they weren't trying to slay their dragon like Buffalo was, I think you'll get the full, the, the full on from Kansas city. I think they'll be ready to play. So let's talk about that game a few weeks back with Cincinnati fell behind early. And if you're thinking about a letdown spot and for, 
for the Chiefs. The emotion, the all the emotions that were put into this game with the Bills, the fact that they were down with 13 seconds to go at their own 25 and able to drive down in two plays, kick the field goal to tie it, and obviously get the ball to win the coin toss and go down and win the football game. I think emotionally it might take them a little while to get on track in that game next week in the AFC Championship game. But talk about that matchup a few weeks back where Cincinnati fell behind early. It was a hot start from Kansas City. They jumped to a 14 to nothing lead and ultimately had an 11-point lead going into the second half. Uh, but then you talked about the keep-away aspect of it where the, the, the defense really, and that's where it's going to come down to. I, I know the Bengals can sure. score. We've seen that. But it's going to rely on this defense to have to be able to get some stops. What do you suspect? What is going to be the best strategy for this young Cincinnati Bengals defensive team to be able to slow down Mahomes and get some stops and get off the field in Kansas City next week? Yeah, I think I go back to what they did. I, I You know, this sounds always easier said than run, done, done, right, of take away Tyreek Hill and take away Travis Kelsey. I don't think there's a defensive coordinator in the league that doesn't go and go, let's take away Tyreek Hill and take away Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey tonight on that, on that huge play that set up the field goal, you can't imagine that Buffalo didn't say, hey, let's bracket him and cover him, and yet they didn't, and those guys are that good. But the Bengals have, have been pretty good of late against tight ends. They have a guy, you know, Trey Flowers, who's played in this league for a while. They signed him off the street few weeks into the season, he's kind of been their tight end stopper, if you will, in the package. And there's no question. They absolutely, you know, rolled a lot of coverage towards Tyreek Hill. I'll go back to, I'm a little surprised. Kansas City had really good success running the football. Darrell Williams carried 14 for 88. Derek Gore carried three for 37. They didn't have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They got him back, obviously. Uh, Jarek McKinnon didn't play, and he played tonight and, and had some really good moments. If I'm Kansas City, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be a little bit more patient in the run game if the Bengals choose that same strategy. And I think that they will. And so far in two playoff games, you know, they've given up 19 to the Raiders and, and, and 16 on, on Saturday to the Titans. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs, but those are still two playoff offenses. And, and they've done a pretty good job. And for the most part, they're pretty healthy. They lost Larry Ogunjobi um, in, in the Raiders game, but they've got pretty much the whole band back together. And when they've had all these guys on deck, it's been a pretty good defense for the most part. It's not been the 85 Bears, but it's been pretty good. Right now, the Chiefs have opened up as a seven-point favorite in that contest. and That's about right. Yeah, we, we figured it was going to be right about there. And actually, right here at Circa, looks like they may have just taken a bet on Cincinnati as they have ticked down to six and a half, 53 and a half is your total, and they've been betting the over. It opened at 50-and-a-half and now all the way to 53-and-a-half. Wow. Yeah, wow. between the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs coming up on January 30th next Sunday. So seven, certainly the consensus number, but uh, Circa Sports right here where I am dipped down to six-and-a-half in favor of Kansas City. Richard Skinner is our guest. He's a columnist, editor, and anchor at WKRC-TV in Cincinnati, and you can follow him on Twitter at Local 12 Skinny. Richard, I want to flip over and talk about the NFC Championship real quick. We've yep. got just about a minute left here, but uh, we're down to the final four, the Bengals and the Chiefs, the Rams and the 49ers. The Rams and the 49ers, very familiar with one another. Uh, they played about a month ago as well in the uh, Week 18. Of course, they are division rivals. What do you think for round three between these two out of the NFC West? 
that almost looked like an epic collapse, right? You, you, you collapsed against the Niners in the last regular season game. You co- almost collapsed today against Tampa Bay. And that looked like it was going to be just an epic fail for the Rams, and it wasn't. You know, the, the Niners came in here late in the season, um, a, a couple of weeks before they played the Ravens and played the uh, played the Chiefs and uh, came away with a win. And, and I was really impressed, you know, George Kittle was really great that game. Obviously, Debo Samuel's been good. Their defense was really, really good that day. I mean, Joe Burrow really had to fight for every yard, every point. Um, I, you know, as as goopy as is going to sound, I, I I think the Niners have got on that roll where it's it's, it's hard to play against them. I haven't seen the opening number for that. You guys can probably educate that on me. I I, I will look. Trust me, I just have not looked yet. I think, you know, the Niners are going to be a, a dog, but I think they're a really live dog, and they're probably a really live dog on the money line, to be quite frank. Yeah, absolutely. The line uh, opened up four in favor of the Rams, but was quickly bet down to three and a half. So currently the consensus number, Niners catching three and a half with a total of 46 and a half. Richard, thank you very much for joining us, uh, and enjoy the rest of the season with your Cincinnati Bengals, my friend. All right, we'll come back with more in just a moment. James Salinas and Brady Cannon with you on the Pro Football Blitz right here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April the 5th for only $69. Sign up now, get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides. Plus, full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you in the final hour of the program. Next up, it is Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel for the opening line show. And they'll take you through your start of the handicap on the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games. Always one of my favorite weekends of the entire year. I'll tell you what, James. 
I really have become a bigger fan. I mean, there, there's always the parties and the great fanfare with the Super Bowl, but just as far as watching games uh, for a particular day of the NFL season, I really like the championship weekend better than the Super Bowl, just really because of the fact that we get two games. And, and usually each game is very, very good. Sometimes we get a dud of a Super Bowl. You know, you have all this buildup, and then we saw the Rams and the Patriots a couple of years ago. I think it was 13-3 to three or something. That was kind of a dud. But usually championship weekend, like the divisional round, will produce a couple of great games. And the fact that you get two games instead of one, it's really become one of my favorite weekends, more so than the Super Bowl. Well, thinking about, Brady, how the divisional round and these four games over the course of Saturday into tonight and how this game finished up with the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Buffalo Bills in overtime, there's a lot to live up to next week for both of those games considering how, I mean, every one of these games came down that all three came, all four of them, the last three came down to a field goal to win the football game in each contest, and in this case here, didn't need the field goal for Kansas City. They needed the touchdown to secure the game, but it all came down to the last possession, the last drive, the last time that offense touched the football and dramatic games. Now, maybe the as far as San Francisco and Green Bay, as far as putting points on the board was concerned, from a fan's perspective watching the game, maybe they thought that was a dud, but for... For some, for those of us, when you have money on it and it's a tight game and a close game and a physical game, yeah, then no dud to be had. I mean, just competitive. Each one of those games so competitive, and then the drama. I, I'm exhausted, Brady, just feeling where where we were with that Kansas City game and all the different bets that I had with with Buffalo on the money line and and the the prop bets and all those the totals, all those different things. Man, a lot to live up to next week. Fun weekend to be had for sure for the division round. I'm with you, Brady. I, I definitely like, in a sense, the all, there's there's so much hoopla and pageantry and and hype that goes into the Super Bowl two weeks to to build the, all the buildup that goes into it, and it's just one game. And yeah, I'll I'll take two games when you're talking about the championship round of both conferences. But here, I don't know how we how. That's going to take me a little while to unwind and decompress from the the games that we had, and in particular how this last game unfolded. But I'll get over it. We'll get through it, and we'll get on to the to the championship round next next Sunday. Yeah, I went into the weekend with uh, three conference three tickets in my pocket to win the conference, and uh, I walk away with just one left. Uh, I had the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers, and uh, boy, the Buccaneers and the Bills came about as close as you can get, but I walk away with only San Francisco uh, as surviving and advancing there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that NFC championship game. The 49ers opened as four-point underdogs. That now has been bet down to three-and-a-half, and there's even some threes out there in the market, James. Some of the three-and-a-halves have juice attached uh, on the uh, the favorite, or excuse me, on the underdog, and then some of the threes out there in the market have juice attached on the favorite. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this game closed at three. I know you and I, our initial thought here is taking the points with San Francisco, but as we go on throughout the week, oftentimes our our opinions change. We start diving into the handicap more so, doing what we do throughout the week. Where do you think you might go with this, or do you think you're going to end up on San Francisco no matter what? 
I'm definitely not going to end up on the Rams. I didn't like how they finished out that game, and I still feel like it's a very finesse football team. And and they were the better team, the hungrier team down there in Tampa, in particular for the first half, for sure. Tampa, it took them a while. It felt like that was a, a game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that needed to get punched and slapped in the mouth a little bit to finally wake up, and their wake-up call came just a, a, a smidge too late in that fourth quarter and not being able to to get off the field one last time considering all the momentum that they have with some of the turnovers that came out late for the, for the L.A. Rams and maybe a bit of nerves for the Rams feeling like, yeah, it's a 60-minute game, and they, they outperformed – Tom Brady and company definitely for the first 30 minutes, but now going into this divisional matchup again, third time this season, and we know that San Francisco has handled the L.A. Rams at least for six quarters. They definitely handled them back earlier midseason in that Monday night football game at San Francisco where they completely dominated from start to finish. For San Francisco in that second game in Los Angeles in week 18, a game they had to have to secure that wild card berth to put them in the position where they're rolling in next weekend in the NFC championship game uh, to be able to come back. And I think that was the thing for San Francisco that I that I saw in that matchup. I had him in that game. I had him plus the number and and feeling like, all right, they were not able to get off the field early. The, the Rams opening drive, I think it was like a nine minute drive that they had and it's converting third downs and really started to grind the clock out and dominate that first half. But San Francisco didn't panic being down 17 to three coming out in the third quarter. That team didn't panic. They know what their offensive identity is. It is to be physical in the trenches, running the football. And that's what they got back to in that second half, rushing the ball and, and really were able to dominate the, the pace of play. And obviously the scoreboard winning the game in overtime to secure that playoff berth. But I just wonder from a, a psyche perspective for the Rams now coming back and you're going to, yes, you're at home. Although I'll tell you what, Brady, that week 18 matchup in SoFi in Los Angeles felt like a home game for the San Francisco 49ers. There was a lot of fans there. So I don't know if home field is worth anything at this point with that number sitting at three and a half and the physicality of the San Francisco 49ers and how well that matches up against the Rams. Yeah, I'm not going to jump on anything too early. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment in either of these championship games based on what we saw today. Going to take some more time to really do some more analysis and and break down these games and look at injuries, how many guys were nicked up in the in that game. There was a couple guys limping off the field. I know Debo Samuel limped off the field in the fourth quarter. I'm sure he's probably going to be fine, as well as Kittle limped off that field in Lambeau in the fourth quarter as well. But Check out the injury reports for both of these teams. But ultimately, my first lean right now is to go with what got you there, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. I love the physicality that they've seen and this fact that they have been able to play that way against Rams, not only this season, Brady, but in in games past, in years past, this is what San Francisco does. And to me, the pressure's on the Rams. They're supposed to be in the Super Bowl. All the moves that they made, right, Brady? All the big names, all the star power coming in, that played out today but they're supposed to be where they're at. I don't think San Francisco is thinking about the injuries they sustained all season long, the questions at quarterback, the questions coming into into the season with the draft status, with Trey Lance and everything that they did. The fact that San Francisco has gotten to this point, put themselves in the NFC Championship game, I mean, this to me is a live dog. James, let me ask you this. I think uh, we can probably both agree that the San Francisco pass rush should be able to put a lot more pressure on Matthew Stafford than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to get on him earlier today in that divisional playoff game down in Tampa. 
But what about the secondary? The secondary for the San Francisco 49ers was one of the real concerns about this team going into this season. And it showed up uh, quite a bit throughout the season that that was certainly a weak link for this team. But I tell you what, the last couple weeks, they've really started to improve. Just like that entire defense for the San Francisco 49ers has improved in the second half. The secondary starting to come around as well. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, it's been a sore spot for them as well, especially with injuries that they've had in the second half of the season. But the Rams tore it up pretty good today, especially with a couple of game-winning passes to uh, put that one in the win column for Los Angeles with a couple of passes to Cooper Cup late in the game when the secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was nowhere to be found. Um, do you think the San Francisco secondary can put, put together a better game in, in keeping Matthew Stafford and his receivers in check than Tampa Bay showed today? Brady, it's definitely the weakness of that unit in the de- the back end for the defense for San Francisco is that secondary. They've dealt with a lot of injuries all season long, too. Safeties, corners, you name it, are rotating, rotating bodies in and out all season long. But it really, I think, what benefits that secondary is the fact that that pass rush can get home with just that front four. They don't have to design a lot of blitzes. You can drop seven you can drop seven back into coverage and I think that's the, to me the key to the game you're going to hide the deficiencies of that secondary for San Francisco based on that defensive front being able to get home and we'll see what the status is for that offensive line there in particular Whitworth at the left tackle position for for that matchup with the Rams coming next week all right when we come back we'll dive into the AFC championship Arrowhead Stadium plays host once again for the fourth straight year, the Chiefs are in the AFC title game. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz, and we want to move over to the AFC Championship game. That will feature the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs are the latest representative to get in that game. They get there with a victory over the Buffalo Bills on Sunday at Arrowhead in dramatic fashion in overtime 42 to 36, the final 552 total yards of offense for Kansas City. Buffalo countered with 422 yards of their own. Patrick Mahomes throws for 378 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was 33 of 44. Josh Allen, 27 of 37 for 329 and four touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes. James, we were keeping track of that because you had over his passing yards on a prop. That was 281 and a half. He was only at 114 at halftime. He finished with 378. Patrick Mahomes and company getting it done in a big way in the second half of this football game. You barely got over the total in the first half as well. A late touchdown by Josh Allen and company 
Put that first half total at 28 total points. You were banking on over 27. That got there. But 78 total points scored in the end in this ball game. And Kansas City once again comes out on top and they head to their fourth straight AFC championship game. And I'll tell you what, James, I don't know if I can remember a bigger case for the overtime situation or the overtime format in the NFL needing to be changed in this game here. I think you could make a good case that this game was basically won on the flip of a coin. The fact that the Kansas City Chiefs got the ball first and not the Buffalo Bills. And we said that as soon as we found out, or I found out that Kansas City won the toss. Like, well, that's probably going to be the end of my big money line play with the Bills to win this game outright. Plus two, plus 280. And, you know, I'm honestly, Brady, I'm pretty pragmatic about my approach to most of those things. These are the rules you got to play within them. And I'll let the rules committee and all the other people debate what we should be. And it's a shame that the game didn't, the the bills didn't get an opportunity to, to touch the football in that overtime contest based on the rules. But you know, you could have touched the ball if you had got off the field. Actually, you probably could have won this game. If you would have got off the field with 13 seconds to go, you, you kicked the ball through the end zone. So you allowed Kansas city to, to get a free spot at the 25 yard line. Maybe if you more to kick that ball and it's short, they're, going to have to return it burn up some time and maybe you don't have two plays and allow Kelsey to get down the field I I I mean you can dissect all these different plays out there and if you want to thinking about well the rules are advantageous to the team that has the momentum and you win the coin flip yeah obviously so and it's it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see the Bills get the ball but if that was the case we might have just seen these teams go back and forth and back and forth because nobody was stopping each other especially in that in that fourth quarter but you know the Bills had their opportunities and and the fact that you couldn't close out a game and you with 13 seconds to go and you took the lead and all the momentum and and did they start to celebrate a little too early on that sideline I mean and can you blame them? At least offensively, you can't blame them. They were, they were, they did their job, and Josh Allen, in particular, is a sensational game that he played through throughout and making plays on fourth down. I think there were some clutch throws that he had in that fourth quarter on fourth down, in particular, to lead that team. Oh, they're going to see more and more growth out of Josh Allen. Was so impressed. I've been so impressed with him all season long. Really, so what we saw out of him last year. So no surprise there from how he performed today. But as far as the rules are concerned. You know, the the Bills have to, both teams had to compete within the same rules. So somebody's got to step up and make a play. And unfortunately for the Bills, they couldn't do anything defensively, not only in the overtime, but in that second, basically in the fourth quarter as well. I completely agree with you about the final 13 seconds. And also your point, I had forgotten about this. And I remember thinking about it when they kicked off to Kansas City. Yeah, why don't you keep that ball in play? And, and, And at least you're going to take probably two or three more seconds off the clock. Who knows, maybe five or six seconds with that kickoff return by Kansas City and all of a sudden that 13 seconds or whatever they had left is maybe cut in half. And then the way they played defense for those final 13 seconds, it was like they were just, I mean, I understand you're going to play soft and you're going to give them, you know, availability to attack underneath, but it's like they were giving up. They were happy. They were okay giving up 25-yard chunk plays. And that that's what really did them in. You're absolutely right. Uh, that 13 seconds was probably the worst 13 seconds they played the entire game. They played a tremendous football game. That was mismanaged, I think, by their defensive coaching right there and how they approached that. And then, and then also the special teams. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why we don't see more teams do that, uh, kicking the ball not through the end zone, but short. 
to bleed a couple more seconds off that clock. Um, let, let's talk about the the next matchup, and that is, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals. The since the uh, Kansas City Chiefs will once again get to stay at home with the Tennessee Titans. It's kind of funny. We're talking about uh, everything going through Tennessee, everything going through Lambeau Field. That's not going to happen. It's uh, going to be at Arrowhead and SoFi Stadium uh, where the Rams will host the 49ers. But KC opens as a seven-point favorite. I mentioned that uh, it had ticked down to six and a half here at Circa. It's back up to seven. So uh, going back and forth in the betting market already, the total is pretty much painted across at 53 and a half. I do see 154 here in town. But what are your initial thoughts, KC laying seven at home to Cincy? Uh, right now, do you want to get in front of Patrick Mahomes? Boy, I mean, that, that, not not this right now. The... Like, right, you talk about being prisoner of the moment. No, not right now. Not at all. Maybe next Sunday. But... Right. And and that's why I don't I don't want to be reactive. If we can be reactive is better. I think for me, I'm just exhausted. You know all the different positions I had in this game. And it ended up being a profitable day for me uh, at the end when it was all said and done through Divisional Weekend. But it could have been a monster game or a monster weekend for me if the Bills hang on and win that football game with 13 seconds left. That aside... Uh, I mean, right now with Kansas City, if anything, it, we had talked about it in the last segment, right, with with our guest Richard thinking about the uh, not so much a letdown factor because you're you're going to be hosting the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead again to be able to go back to your third straight Super Bowl as a Kansas City Chief, but maybe emotionally, at least from the start, maybe a little flat. Just how how could you not be? How do you turn that back on considering how this game went today? The fact that the, the Chiefs may have been, I mean, I wonder how many of those players outside of the, the offensive players on that team for Kansas City feeling like, all right, 13 seconds left, especially the defense coming off the field, hanging their heads, knowing that they 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 had the opportunity to win that football game, couldn't get off the field. Josh Allen scores and, and makes plays again in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I think maybe to start the game, that might be where there might be an opportunity, depending on what that halftime or the first half line looks like for Cincinnati. It's, I mean, I see a number of seven and a half. So do we see a four? Do we see a potentially a four and a half in favor of the Chiefs in that first half? Maybe I might be inclined to want to get involved with Cincinnati to this, that, that standpoint, but I just don't think I can. I, I just think with Kansas City, when they want to turn it on, and there were times in that game tonight against the Buffalo Bills where yeah, maybe in that third quarter they weren't as, as focused or as intent offensively is what they what they can be but we saw when that team wants to get focused and they want to turn it on there's so many playmakers out there and the confidence that you're going to see now rolling into this matchup here against Cincinnati man it's so hard to say yeah and, and I love what we've seen out of Cincinnati Brady is yesterday the 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 fight out of that team the fact that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, part of that offensive line, the issues up front there, but also Burrow, young quarterback, trying to make big plays, holding the football for too long. Those are not mistakes you can make as a young quarterback in an offensive line here against this Kansas City team. Tennessee couldn't take advantage of that. Struggles offensively. Derrick Henry barely coming back with, you know, he's 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 lead foot. He's got metal in his foot. He's got metal in his shoe. Definitely not the same Derrick Henry you're used to seeing out there. Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill doing Ryan Tannehill things to allow Cincinnati to stay within that game and then ultimately win that game on the road. We're not going to see that same performance when it comes to the quarterback position for the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw them at their that their elite best tonight in that second half and in that overtime. Yeah, there's there's plenty to be had throughout the week, Brady, when we want to break this game down for the Cincinnati Bengals and love what we've seen out of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, et cetera, offensively. But 
They don't want to get into a shootout. They're not going to be able to sustain and make plays the way that Josh Allen did. He's got the talent to do that, does Joe Burrow, but they do not have the offensive line, for one, to be able to hold up to that degree, and the defense is not going to be able to trade punches that way. And and that was a great defensive game, uh, secondary or defensive secondary for the Buffalo Bills all season long that just got totally torched in that second half. When Patrick Mahomes and company gets focused in this AFC championship game, what are they going to be able to do against that Cincinnati Bengals defense? Yeah, you talk about do you want to go up against Patrick Mahomes right now? Do you want to go up against Joe Burrow right now too? <laughs> but you make a yeah. great point. They're, they're definitely a different team than the Buffalo Bills are. Uh, by the way, that first half line, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals catching four points I'm seeing at one store with uh, some juice at minus 120. We'll come back and discuss that further as we continue right here at VSEN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. Final segment of the Pro Football Blitz, and it's brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find well James uh, we were talking about the Bengals and the Chiefs the AFC championship kicking off on Sunday January 30th at Arrowhead Stadium and I was able to find a first half line for you uh, Chiefs minus four minus 120 on the dog so a little bit of juice attached to the plus four and maybe you'll find some other shops where it's just minus 110 either way at plus three and a half or what have you or, or maybe a little bit of a juice on the favorite in that case but uh, you know getting more than three and a half all the way to four I, I might be willing to pay the extra 10 cents there uh, I thought that was a pretty aggressive number 
Uh, and it goes to your theory about the underdog kind of being under the radar a little bit there for the first half while the Chiefs are maybe still thinking about what they just did to get here in that win over Buffalo. Now, again, can the underdog sustain that for 60 minutes in the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know, but plus four looks attractive at first glance in the first half. Yeah, it, potentially, I just think for Kansas City now, this is the fourth straight AFC championship game they're going to host. I mean, it feels like, again, we've said this before with Patrick Mahomes. He feels like he's this, he's been around the league for a decade, young player. It's because we see him. He just makes these deep runs into the playoffs each and every year that he's been here. So man, this, the playoff experience here for the chiefs, if anything, yeah, the, how long does it take them to regroup themselves from an emotional standpoint? We know football is such a very emotional game and definitely going to be in a letdown. They have a week to get their mind right here, but maybe one thing that helps get the chiefs mind right is how they performed the last time they saw Cincinnati just a few weeks back. And in particular, that second half where they had a significant lead going into halftime of that game, they jumped on Cincinnati early, big plays down the field, like Kansas city's prone to do, but it was really that it thinking about Burrow and, and Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase has had a massive game, and a lot of that was just missing tackles out in space and he just being able to take it to the house, kind of similar to what we see out of Kansas City and their ability just to be able to create plays, short passes, create plays with their feet in space. We saw that out of Tyreek Hill tonight with the big 65-yard touchdown pass uh, reception. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the only way I might get involved. I just, thinking about Kansas City and just as well as Buffalo play, because how did Cincinnati perform on yesterday in Tennessee and tremendous performance both sides of the football and particularly really I think the the defense being able to stifle the running game we knew Derrick Henry was not anywhere going to be anywhere close to 100% and and forcing Tannehill into some bad reads and some bad throws but you know you're not going to be able to go on the road in Kansas City and kick four field goals and come away victorious the way that they did the Cincinnati Bengals offense being stymied and getting sacked and a number of field goal opportunities being sacked out of position for Joe Burrow holding the football too long. I just think Cincinnati's going to have to play the perfect game to be able to stay in this matchup with Kansas City. Buffalo almost played it. We talked about that coming into this matchup, right? How well they played in almost the perfect game from Buffalo last week offensively. No punts, just no punts, no kicks, nothing to speak of from the special teams for the Buffalo Bills last week. Throttling through and running over Bill Belichick's Patriots defense last week up in Buffalo. Almost, in a sense, not a perfect game out of Josh Allen, but no field goals to be had. This is a team that scored five touchdowns in Arrowhead. That said... No field goal attempts, but it still wasn't enough. I mean, how perfect of a game does Joe Burrow and company have to play offensively to be able to keep up with Kansas City in this matchup next week? James, let's look at some possible Super Bowl matchups, and I'll start with uh, if the chalk prevails here, we'll end up with the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And uh, the Rams, of course, that will be a home game for them. But like you mentioned earlier, you think a few Kansas City Chiefs fans are going to show up in L.A.? I don't know if there will be any home field advantage there for the Rams, even if they are in their own building. But I kind of just quickly put some lines together here. I figured the Chiefs would be a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Rams. And I'm guessing my guess was pretty good because when I look at the Westgate, their early line on the Super Bowl is AFC minus one. 
So they're probably certainly basing on that what is most likely to happen. The the point spreads right now are telling us that we're most likely to get Rams against Chiefs, and they're saying AFC minus one. I said Chiefs minus one and a half. Uh, Rams versus Bengals, I would say Rams minus three and a half. 49ers and Chiefs, I would probably say Chiefs minus three, maybe two and a half. And then Bengals 49ers, I would probably make the 49ers a three-point favorite. And, you know, it, it's kind of hard when you're dip, when you're thinking about those teams right now. But fast forward to next week, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, their power rating is going to be elevated. And the same thing with every other team that wins here. So I'm thinking mostly probably three, three and a half point spreads. But if it's Rams chief, I think that one's going to be very similar to what we saw as far as a point spread between the Bills and the Chiefs. Most likely, and obviously the how those teams perform next week in their respective championship games will have an impact on what that line looks like, as well as anybody going down that may come out come out of those games nicked up. We've been seeing it. A lot of guys getting banged up. The, the level of play continues to amp up. The speed of the game gets even faster, and now you ratchet that up even higher for a, a championship-caliber game. Yeah, for the right now with the Rams, it's still just not a team that I trust. I just still don't trust the the lack of physicality. You have not that you have to run the football, and I'm not still holding on to old school mentality football, Brady. Whereas, yeah, you got to have balance in the in the game. It's more so just the fact that you 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 have to have a threat of a running game. And I think for the Rams to help out Matthew Stafford, now he was able to take advantage of that secondary that was just pieced themselves back together. That Tampa Bay defense was finally held healthy basically for I think for the most part for the first time all season long but we did see some breakdowns in communication on the back end we talked about that breaking down that game and feeling like both those quarterbacks would have opportunities both Brady and Stafford to make some big plays over the top to hit those props of longest pass completion being over 38 and a half yards now we saw that play out especially early Cooper Cup big play over the top safety out of position whether that was miscommunication or just lack of being on the field together for quite a while yeah, can the same thing happen here with the Rams knowing that they're going to have to if you're facing Kansas City and you're going to have to score to, you're going to have to put points on the board. Kansas City is going to score on you. This is not a great I know there's star power on that Rams defense, but it's not a terrific Rams defense when you look at it as a collective whole. Can Matthew Stafford be able to make the same amount of plays and be able to 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 get in a track meet in a sense and be able to get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes and that offense, especially the fact that this is just the Rams team that can't run the football and not going to slow down any kind of pass rush that we'll see out of Kansas City. I think that's probably, you know, the, the, if chalk prevails and we get there, Man, what was that score a few years back of that game that oh ended up being goodness. played in Los there Angeles? Over it was supposed to be points. in Mexico, right? It was supposed to be in Mexico City, but ultimately being played in LA because of the field conditions. Well, was it what fifty-one to forty? I forget what the score was. Pretty sure yeah, there was a, over a hundred points. What, what a wild game! Well, what is that total going to be? I think that's going to be what's more intriguing, and and I think the other markets to get into too, Brady. We did that this weekend and had some success again within the player prop market, and I think that's where it's not just relegated to the side, not just relegated to the total. So many of these player props, whether we're looking at going over or under certain prop, certain players with their props, is looking at what does the game makeup look like, putting the pieces of the of the game together and the game plans for each of those teams. 
that's where we have to handicap the coaches. And I think for both of those coaches, I think we know what we're going to see out of, out of Kansas City. It's going to be in Mahomes' hands. What do we see if it is McVay and the Rams offense trying to match scores? Yeah, you've, you've made the move. You wanted to get rid of Goff. That was the missing piece for you, Coach Sean McVay. You made the trade. Now you have Stafford. Yeah, you're going to roll with what got you there. I think that's where that's going to be a much more intriguing market to me when we're talking about the player prop market for the Super Bowl. We looked that far ahead. All right, James, just about 20 seconds left here. What Super Bowl matchup do you want to see as a fan? What are you rooting for? And what do you think will actually happen as far as a Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I think probably what will end up. Well, what I'm rooting for is I'm rooting for San Francisco. I like the physical nature of that team and, and being able they've already beaten them twice this season, and it's because they're the more physical team on both sides of the football. I think they're the faster team defensively. Love the front for San Francisco. And on the other side, I – Man, after what we saw tonight in Prisoner of the Moment, yeah, that being said, this is the fourth straight AFC championship game that the Chiefs are going to host in Kansas City. I just don't see how the Bengals can overcome everything that we've seen with Kansas City, how talented they are. I think it's going to be Kansas City, and I'm hoping that it's going to be San Francisco. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, San Francisco get another crack at uh, Kansas City in the Super Bowl. That would be great. Thank you very much, James. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you to our, our producer, Dan Miller, our technical crew. Next up, it's the opening line show with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans right here at VSIN. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.